Yes, yes, we are back. Two G's in a pod, your mum's favourite duo, back in the studio again. We say, Andy. I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This man. mic is at an, at an awkward height. I'm just deep in it. Bro, you know, I almost said uh, your mum's favourite studio in <laughs> <laughs> the intro. It's been a minute, man. This mic is at an awkward height. I'm having to, like, bend down. <laughs> you don't mind. You don't mind jokes right now, bro. Because the thing is, when I put it up here, it was, it was proper high, so I tried to angle it down, but mm. I thought I would be, like, talking up mm. into it like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't go any higher, so... Wait, it doesn't just, go any higher? I don't, I don't know how to make it Might go higher. hold that, bro. I'm going to hold it like this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a sec. How was, um, was Milan? The Milan was jokes, bro. Milan was jokes. I told you, it's just me and Dwayne, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mad romantic place to go with your boy. <laughs> <laughs> mad romantic place to go with your boy. Oh, At least it was a Valentine's Day with you. Remember when Shiji and Neroj were Budapest? Oh, <laughs> Valentine's. Valentine's weekend. <laughs> no, we went to the Georgia Smith concert for Valentine's, bro. Yeah, but we could came. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. We're changing, we're changing the game, bro. Yeah, but, yeah. Valentine's is the day for the lads now. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, Milan was calm. Yeah, yeah, Milan was nice, man. Like, um, fairly relaxing. Like, we <laughs> went to a spot. Oh yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the nicest spot, man. Such a nice spot. Uh, went to like Lake Como, which is like is that in Milan? Yeah, no, it's just outside, just okay. outside. Okay. That's where people get married and stuff. They have weddings oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, just looking out like, oh. Did you see the the, the snap? Uh, I think I put it on my Insta. Playing like Frank Ocean or something. Um, I was playing uh Masego. Yeah, 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 Masego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know that was Lake Como. That's Lake Como, bro. That's Lake Como. That was peg. And we went to a club as well. Clubs in Milan are cool. Only thing with clubs in Milan, yeah, them they seem mad risky. Like, so we went into this club. It was like a nice club. Yeah. Paid like around thirty euros for entry. So it wasn't cheap. Yeah. It wasn't cheap at all. They didn't search us, bro. Oh, sorry. They didn't search us. They didn't ask for ID either. They didn't ask for ID. And they didn't search us. And I only clocked like after your I was in the club. Your <laughs> bro, oh my god. Do you know how many people in Italy thought I was Arab? Like, I said. <laughs> bro, remember when you met my grandma? She said you look like you're from Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said like Afghanistan or something. I was right, so like, you're Afghani. Like, so I was, I was, I remember I was sitting at like a cafe or a cafe, sorry, yeah. in, um, in Como. Yeah. And the guy like comes up to, um, to like take our order and he looks at me he's like Uman he's like Egypt <laughs> Jordan <laughs> <laughs> who like when they meet someone just starts bro that really, is really so off, weird reeling off countries until, until, you get, until you get the right one I was like nah mate nah he's like where I'm like Trinidad and he's like mm, I walked away and the Dwayne's like he does he not know, know where that is. <laughs> he's never heard of that they thought we were both Arab, bro. I remember we went to, <laughs> we went to like a sandwich place, yeah. like on the first day we were there, and we're like looking at the menu, and then the guy's like showing it to us. He's like, "Oh, this section, you you guys can't have this one, right?" Oh, we're like, "Yeah, but we obviously we both eat pork, so so I was like, but why? What's wrong with this section?" So he's like, "This is not not it's not possible to order these ones today." Like, no, no pork, right? I was thinking. Nah, 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 big man. 
<laughs> even though technically like i shouldn't eat pork oh yeah based on being a jew oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but um you know one of them jews. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no 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 not a non-pork eater but yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> yeah bro that holiday was was good it was very yeah, good yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need a holiday as well. I mean, obviously, I'm doing Ghana on Christmas. Because like, my, my sister's going Ghana on Saturday for two months. And um, it's funny because, like, when when they booked her flights and stuff, like, had I known that um, I still wouldn't have a job now, I would have gone as well. But I kind of assumed that I would have found something by now. Mm. So I'm kind of like, damn. Because I'm, I'm deep in yeah, This country is just shit. From October to February, in particular. Yeah. In general, this country is dead, but, like, March to September is alright. Like, it's, 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 it's December. Warm. December as well is okay. December as well because you got like Christmas. I haven't done December in years, man. Oh, uh, you're missing the only good month of winter. Really? It's winter wonderland, bro. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Take yeah, a babes, yeah, you know, yeah, have fun. Yeah. Then you got like South Bank, which is like. What happens on South Bank? Bro, South Bank's really nice at um, Christmas time. They have like all the all the stands up. Oh, okay. So you okay. can get like mold wine. You can get like hot chocolates. Okay. You get like churros. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's peg. Ice skating. Ice skating. I love ice skating. I feel like in the past life I was like a figure skater. Because I'm sick, you know. I'm actually sick. You know what? It's not very related. I mean, ice skating dates are less common. But that me, you know that meme I sent, yeah, of the bowling thing? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not too good at bowling. (laughs) You must be a home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain activities that I've just never done, like without a girl like okay like ice skating like ice skating for me i haven't actually gone ice skating just for just for fun okay because i don't really like skating bro why you just feel like not balanced yeah man it's just i'm not on the floor like (laughs) (laughs) i'm not stable (laughs) my feet are not touching solid ground so i've never really been a big fan no i really enjoy ice skating it's funny actually like so this time last year Maybe a bit later, but you know they have the ice skating rink at the Natural History Museum, mm. which is obviously like a five-minute walk from the office. So um, I planned like a Felix social to go ice skating, um, and then on the day no one wanted to back it, and I was like, "You man, I'm going ice skating." Yeah. So, so I rode on my ones, like, well, not on my ones because other people like from the union were going. I had to go with them, and I never planned to go with them, mm. so I had to like. I basically just did my own thing for an hour on the on the ice rink, just on my own, and it was sick, man. It's probably relaxing, like just going around and see. Maybe for you, because you're good. For me, that's not a relaxing experience, bro. You feel like you're gonna fall. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just mad shaky, yeah. trying to hold on to people, bro. <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair enough. I remember. Did you ever go to um, that place in Vauxhall, the rollerblading thing, like disco rollerblading? No, nah, my sister went the other day, actually. Swear, I does that still exist? Yeah, I don't know if, if it's in Vauxhall, but there's a roller disco oh, thing. Cause that was the move back in the day like so many people had their birthday parties there i've done like rollerblading birthday parties but i don't yeah. know if it was a roller disco type of thing yeah because this remember. one is a bit it's a bit different i think it's like aimed at like our age kind of thing yeah like yeah yeah i remember i went there with a the girl yeah well no not with a girl i was rollerblading with a girl yeah these were back in college times yeah, yeah. and like she like did the maddest like split she like completely uh fell <laughs> and it was like whilst we were like linked together so i was there like rah don't take me down with you and then i was like i was cussing her for hell long afterwards yeah. about the incident 
Apparently she damaged her ligaments. Like, what you say? Fam, that made the incident even funnier. I don't care, bro. <laughs> if I saw it today, I would still laugh at that. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. Yeah, man. But yeah. Um. So yeah, we're doing an event. Yeah. Um. Big one. A big one. Yeah. Like. You know what's crazy? I hadn't really thought of it as like our event until like recently. Then I was like, this is like our first. It's almost like a live podcast. If you think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. because we're doing what we would do on the podcast. So yeah. I'm accounting as that. It's a live podcast event, which is sick because it's the first time we're doing that. Um, and yeah, like basically, so it's, what, it's on Saturday, half six until half nine, or until about nine. Uh, it's at Imperial. Uh, and it's part of their like Black History Month thing as well. Because they're doing this is the first year they're doing it. It's like a um a Black History Month offering the union. This is the first time the union's doing putting on a series of events of events for Black History Month. Um, and yeah, I thought it would be it would be a dope opportunity to do something for Black History Month and also to mark the official release of uh, a magazine which we produced last year when I was working there. Uh, just before I ended, uh, just before I finished working there, uh, producing a magazine called What Do You Call It. Um, where we did, we celebrate grime and black British music and sort of, um, I guess have like a wider, um, I guess a wider discussion about like how black British music, well how, how music has impacted, impacted um, black British culture and how grime in particular because I guess grime is probably, um, you could argue it's like the biggest Black British cultural export mm. um, in the world. So I thought, well, I mean, yeah, there's an argument for that. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to um, discuss that. We did that in the magazine. And uh, with the event, we're going to have you know, a panel of people discussing that, followed by performances and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm proper excited. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm getting, like, the closer it gets, like, the, the more nervous I'm getting. Brother, the, the thing is, I don't even know how it's gonna go. You know that one? It's gonna be sick. It's sick. Like everyone I've told that, oh, this is gonna be sick. So it should be live. It should be live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not like it's gonna be sick. I'm, just, I'm not letting like any negative thoughts come in my mind in it. But um, yeah, it's gonna be sick. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be sick. But um, no, I just don't. I mean, I don't know how it's gonna go. As in, like, I've never done something like that before. Yeah. As in, like, I've spoken to to groups of people before. But I've never had a conversation with people in front of a group of people. I've never done that either, yeah. So but it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting it's one. It's calm. Like, they're there to watch. So <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like they're going to be sitting inside there like, oh, why are these men chatting? Like, That's why you came to the event. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I thought, I thought for this episode it would be good for us to uh, decide the questions we're going <laughs> to ask. Or we could discuss the questions we're going to ask. Yeah, we should, yeah because, let's discuss um, it. So almost to give you lot a... a behind the scenes into how we came up with the question mm. anyway so the way the event is going to go is obviously doors open half six we've got mm djing we'll be spinning some grime some black british music and stuff and uk stuff um for about half an hour as people you know get settled and stuff um then we're going to start oh i didn't tell you if uh, i don't you've, you've met her i think but i and his friend is presenting the event i forgot to tell you I swear. Yeah, so she's gonna present and stuff, uh, which is sick. She's proper bubbly and everything, and then we're just gonna do the uh, the panel, which kind of takes a lot of weight off our shoulders. Oh, then it's uh, yeah. It's, it's a lot more calm. It's, it's you know, yeah, I can I can relax a bit because 
Are you gonna introduce the magazine though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's gonna, you know, she's gonna host the event basically. Mm. Um, then she'll call. I guess she'll call me up. I'll be like, give a quick intro about the magazine. Um, <coughs> discuss, you know, how the magazine came about, like how I had the idea for it, um, the different influences that are in the magazine, stuff like that. Uh, so we're gonna do, discuss all that, um, and then we'll kick off the the uh, kick off the the panel. Um, and you know, we'll see how things go from there. Like, for, the panel should be about 40 45 minutes of room for QA and everything. You right? Whose playlist is this? Um, I made it time. You know, and I made this one. Uh, you know, when Shiji came on, um, like, it, it must have been like our sixth or seventh episode, so like two years ago. You made this playlist? Yeah. Um, remember when we chatted UK, but his mic was off the whole time? Oh. <laughs> Did you put all these songs on this? It was a mix that we all did. Because I used to listen to this song a lot. I just wondered, like, it might have been you that and I'm thinking, like, this big H song is there. I'm thinking, it might have been you that I must have put this one on. No, we did it as like a collab thing. Okay, 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 okay. We don't remember. Bro, it was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, like, uh, um, what was yeah, sorry, man. I, can't, I got completely distracted. <laughs> um, the magazine, how it came about. Oh yeah, about. yeah, and um, well, I mean, so basically, the way, the way, um, the thing that kind of sparked that idea in my mind was, do you remember back in first year, Joe Alcadi on our course? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he um, because obviously he loves music as well, but he's not. He didn't grow up in London, so well, he didn't grow up in the UK. <coughs> so he doesn't really know much about the UK scene, but he likes what he hears. And he was asking me like, oh, what is, like, what's the UK scene? And I was like, bro, that's a mad question. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's difficult to, to um, is there, is, there's not like a one word answer for it or like a, a quick answer to yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the UK scene and stuff. There's so many different types of music coming out of the UK yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, and it kind of sparked the idea in my mind like to, to, um, to do an event, or to, sorry, to do a magazine where it kind of, charts the history of it to an extent so um starting from grime obviously there was black british music before that but i think grime is the one that that stuck um till now and stuff so discussing that and um that was kind of like the, the idea behind the magazine and talk about the influences and stuff like that talking about questions yeah, yeah. i thought there's an in- there's an interesting question of does like does all black british music come under grime like is grime another just another way to say black british music now because i know obviously it was originally just like a genre but now like there's a lot of artists that are not doing grime who are called grime artists yeah um so i in the magazine i made it like a point not to use it as an umbrella term to Mm. refer to just black british music i would say grime and black british music Mm. because um although (coughs) although i'd say and i mentioned this in the thing as well i'd say a lot of them you could say are almost like offshoots of grime or like subsidiaries or whatever you want to call it like yeah like genres that were birthed like through grime mm. um you're right like a lot of it is just not grime so <coughs> to call to call them grime kind of does grime a disservice you think because there's so there's one uh, book by this guy i can't remember his name it's like about grime it's like breaking down grime's history um by like chapter by chapter each chapter is one song 
Oh really? Um, yeah. So I he's see. like discussing different songs and like how they impact how they impact grime, like what they mean in terms of like UK culture, London yeah, culture, yeah, the yeah. time they was released, etc. So not all grime songs. Like he has like some. Um, <coughs> He has like some dancehall tunes in there as well from like just talking about the origins. Yeah. I think he has like some jungle as well. But um I mean we mentioned jungle in the magazine too. Yeah, 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 we did. But I, I it's just that like so in his eyes everything like all of these every like everyone would be a grime artist. Like as in Krypton Conan, like he talks about the Don't Waste My Time song, that's one of his chapters. But he refers to them as grime artists, See, whereas I would refer to them more as rap yeah, artists. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't make, make grime music. They have done like grime tunes before, mm. but they don't make grime music. Um, I would say when it really depends because you can use the terms interchangeably when you're talking about like grime culture, which is almost like London culture to an extent. Yeah, I think that's so like you can the way you can I was use, yeah you can use it interchangeably because if someone says a grime grime artist or like, like say someone's a grime rapper Dave like obviously if you listen to grime you know Dave doesn't make grime he has made grime tunes before mm. but he doesn't his music if you listen to his album it's primarily not grime he doesn't mm. make grime music but he's part of the culture if you want to call it that mm. so it's like it really depends if in that guy's magazine whatever he's trying to um, distinguish between he's actually saying like grime MC as in somebody that you know spits on 140 BPM yeah no he's not talking about grime <coughs> MCs but he's talking about grime yeah as a I guess as a culture yeah I guess as a culture but you're right that's definitely a good um that's definitely a good uh, question mm. to, to ask him um but yeah I mean so the way I wanted to break it down during the event was to <laughs> was to break it down through just like as the magazine is broken down so obviously the first thing I wrote an editorial like what is grime. Mm. So I'm gonna ask them like either either ask them what is grime or ask them what does grime mean to you or like black British music mean to you kind of thing. So um, just getting their perspectives on what they think about like just just so that because obviously before you start a discussion about something you kind of have to define what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So <coughs> I wanted to start with that um, and then. Uh, we did like the history of grime, but I guess how many questions can we ask about that to be fair? Politics of grime, right? Yeah, that was later on. Oh yeah, so we did the history of grime and then we broke down broke it down into the major influences of like the current scene. So like obviously garage influence grime. Um You you know what's mad? Have you read um What's that book? The one with like the is like black hardback book yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the picture on the front is the is dizzy uh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah. how many grime artists don't credit garage for um really? the birth of grime yeah mm. like a lot of them say no it's not garage i mean it definitely isn't isn't garage. no as in like it's not garage that like led to grime oh, they, they credit like jungle more yeah they say i mean it's we, like, we spoke about jungle too the, the, like they say that it's it was like because when did garage become big like when did garage start becoming it was like um it was like 1990 to 2002 kind of thing when it was proper popping that's when like um i wrote it down that's when uh awful dodger and craig david got a number two in the uk charts in 99 with rewind that's a garage team mm. um it was around that time like 
late 90s, early 2000s. Because yeah. I think there's a few, there's quite a few grime artists who were like garage. We made grime like, as in when we were making grime, it was going against garage. Like that's true as well. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't based on yeah. Because a lot of it, a lot of it was when when they started like when they made grime, or when grime started like was born. It was garage DJs wouldn't or garage DJs and stuff. Garage events wouldn't want MCs in there mm. and stuff. So it was like almost. In, in protest to that, that a lot of grime came about, I think. But I mean, the way I see it, like, obviously, there's different, you with something like a genre of music, you can't just put it like one place that it's Yeah, no, no, 100%. I mean, it's not like you can just like turn it on and be like, this is grime, no, like. Yeah, but, yeah 100%. Um, <laughs> I just find it interesting that, like, there's so many grime artists who are like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, definitely. Don't no credit garage with, with this. With yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think, um, does Wiley credit Garage? Because Wiley, Wiley's like Esky beat kind of thing right at the start, like 2002, 2003 times. It's like, for me, that's that's when it's like, it's very clear there's a difference here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, started yeah. going with that. Yeah, uh, does he credit Garage? I don't know. I, that's I'd why I call him Yeah, I'd have to read the, the book again, but I can't remember. I don't think he did. I don't think he was. Mm. I mean, that book itself was like kind of just trash in garage a bit but but um well, the book there is- are some artists that like i know that chip has a few lines where he's like it's the same culture garage and grime he's the same same culture same culture mm-hmm. not 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 same music but yeah. same culture but i've just heard like <coughs> that's sen- the sentiment from a lot of people that's yeah. very different and yeah. that gra- garage didn't influence grime which i'm not saying is true um it's just interesting to to hear that said a lot. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, we could definitely get into that. Mm. We could get into that and chat about it and see what, what they have to say. One thing about the panel, like, I wanted quite a diverse like range of um, range of opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, obviously Lemzy, who's a rapper, um, Oliver, comedian. Um, I shout him because uh, I saw he did he did a, a comedy set like. I think he was at um, Edinburgh Fringe Festival or something. He did a set where he was like, um, he was just talking about how, basically how like the culture has been commoditized, but he was making jokes about it. But that was another question I wanted to ask about as well. UK, U- UK or like black culture. He was talking specifically about UK, and I think he mentioned hip hop as well. But he was talking about how it's been commoditized. And remember, you brought up how uh, Nike's making Black History Month. Much, or whatever. No, black culture has been come on, bro. Nike pissed me off, yeah, because like after that England match, I'm sure they put out something like re-promoting their Black History Month T-shirts again. Oh, well, after the the racist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Racist something match. about like we stand together or something like that. I was just copper, like, copper shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we stand together, by, by, by some merch. Fuck off, Nike. Like this is not the time or the place for you to be like promoting your merch. Yeah. I mean, they're smart, though, to be fair. I mean, this whole thing, like, the Nike thing, um, people were originally saying it from the Colin Kaepernick advert. Yeah, I remember. People were saying it from that, which that one wasn't as blatant to me. I think for me, with that one, I was like, because he's getting a check from it. Yeah. So I was like, fair enough, the guy deserves a check. Yeah. But no one's getting a check from this. (laughs) 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 So I feel kind of differently about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, 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 wait, no, 
black coach has been commoditized for sure. I don't know about Graham. So the thing is, I kind of want to, I don't want the event to be too focused on Graham. Even mm. though the magazine is heavily focused on Graham, I want it to be more, which is why we put in Black History Month, because um, the way I see it, Graham and Black British music or whatever is, is a, bit, a big part of um, Black British culture. And, yeah. and it's like, if you're going to talk about Black British culture, being, you can talk about black culture being commoditized without focusing on on grime. Okay, then yeah, also, you, can, you well, can definitely say that black culture has been commoditized. Whole like fashion sense of yeah. Europe is based on black culture. Yeah. Like whole the whole street fashion yeah, sense, yeah, exactly. the whole street fashion or whatever or it is. Urban. And like that's another thing that I was going to bring up as well. Like, because um, I don't really like when they call black music urban. Like, um, I can understand why they'll call it urban in certain places because like the word black seems to have some sort of negative connotation to it. Um, but when when you do that, you kind of um, I don't know how to explain. When you when you call it urban and put it as like an umbrella term urban, you kind of make it that oh like it's it's a cool thing to be urban and it's like mm-hmm. without actually looking at what is being discussed and what you know what I mean. If, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know if I I'm explaining. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, yeah, it's like urban is seen as like sort of modern, it's seen as cool, sort of cool, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying, yeah. like, it's like it's like an urban district yeah, or whatever, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of like new, cool, And it's, flashy. it's just, it opens up for, I think it opens it up further for like, outsiders, I guess, if you want to call it that, to like, commoditize the culture, because it's like, alright, people see this thing as this thing is cool and edgy, let's make t-shirts with all this stuff yeah, and yeah. sell it. You know what I mean? Rather yeah. than actually seeing, and I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one, especially with the Nike thing, because it's like, it's a bit like the point I, I I made when we discussed the Colin Kaepernick deal ages ago. It was like, it's Nike. You know, that their job isn't to like fight for social action. Their job is to make money by selling shoes and t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, but then if you if you're capitalizing of social action, you're putting yourself in a position where it's like now you seem to be saying that you want to be held accountable for this stuff do you think so i mean because if they're capitalizing on it i think it's just them they're capitalizing on it because um they see an opportunity to make money yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's what it is but i'm just saying if you're gonna put like colin kaepernick as like the face of a campaign then you are now involved. Like you can't just now say like, no, no, no. That's no. Like we just. This is not our concern. Like if something now pops up with regards to like police brutality in America and, and Nike are silent, then I'm like. But they have been silent because there's been police brutality in America since Colin Kaepernick signed. It's not like they tweet something every time. But there you go. Then that's like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? It's a weird one. I mean, no, I understand what you're saying. Like, as in, I'm sure they didn't do it because they were feeling I don't like look, social I don't activists. Look yeah, I don't look I'm sure they did it because they wanted to sell yeah. t-shirts and shoes and whatever else they wanted to sell. But I'm just saying, you can't just from from a moral standpoint, you can't really just use it to sell and then say like that now we're done with that. Like that's no longer our. Yeah, but I I do get what you mean, but then like you said, like from a moral standpoint, it's like since when did businesses? Alright, so what what I'm saying is they is they is they shouldn't do it. Yeah, and like I think they should be held accountable for things related to it in the future if you're if you're gonna use it. 
So if Nike released like a Black History T-shirt and then a week later there's like racist chants at an England football match, then Nike should be coming out with a statement, no? I mean, I don't know if they if they have done that or not, but like in my no, mind, they did after the game between. They didn't come out with a statement, a statement though. They just like I just saw the advert reappear. <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a funny one. We'll discuss it a bit. Mm. We can get a range of opinion on that. Because, mm. Oh yeah, I was saying who, who else was on the panel? There's uh, Lemzy, uh, Ola the Comedian, um, JB, who's um, he's been on the show before. He's a Sam Hentry's key release. Um, and uh, this girl called Izzin. She's a, she's a journalist. Because there's one thing as well, like, even if you're talking just like music, the culture, whatever you want to call it, it's not just the artists that are in it. Like, it's the, the consumers as well, the commentators, all that kind of stuff. So it's like getting their opinion of them. Yeah. And um, Nia Ray, who's a presenter, I met her at um, Strawberries and Cream. She's, she's on the panel as well. So getting like a cool range of opinions mm-hmm. um, and, you know, different input from people like involved in different, like, because we've got two people that are actually artists in it. And then I guess the other three you could say are like uh, involved in it and but primarily are consumers of it and we're consumers of it. So. Yeah. Getting, getting um, their opinion. Range of opinions, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we could, we'll discuss, we'll, we'll discuss um, Jungle, Garage. Those, to me, those are the two major influences. Ah, uh, yeah, Jungle. I mean, there's a lot, like, electronic music in general. Yeah. And, like, um, Caribbean music as well. Yeah, dance or... Actually, maybe not, not just Caribbean music, but even just Caribbean culture in general. Like, um, what you guys wrote about, like, how... Um, even if you look at the slang and stuff, how, um, how much like that's why, isn't it? So the the sound system culture, exactly that well. too. Yeah. Uh, the clashing culture. Yeah, yeah. That's all coming like, straight out of the Caribbean and stuff. So uh, we'll discuss that. Um, and I included a bit about Afrobeats because um, I'd say there's a heavy influence in the current scene. Yeah, yeah, there definitely to, is. To do with uh, Afrobeats, there definitely um, is. So. We wrote a bit about um, talking about just how like Afrobeats right now, and then also they did it, like a distinction between um, there were an article a distinction between like um, Afrobeat, which is um, the original like fellow Kuti uh, influenced style of music, and uh, Afrobeats or Afrofusion, whatever you want to call it, which is more like the modern Mm. Which I didn't, I didn't even realize there was a distinction. Which is like, it kind of goes to that point that like, um, if you're gonna um, be an active consumer of it, like, it's important to sort of not do the history. Like, it's not like they expect you to read a history book about Afrobeats every time you listen to a song, but like, mm. to understand where the influences come from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, then it's a whole, it's a whole thing of like, because you have, you have casual, casual listeners. You have like, music connoisseurs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you have but i feel like in between there are people who would consider themselves part of a culture but they wouldn't like go back and do the history yeah and it's not i mean you don't have to no i'm not saying you have to but um i think it's more like i think the point that they were making i can't remember what the article said but i think the point that they were making is that for the people that are like actively in it so musicians even like podcasts like podcasters people that comment on it a lot uh, or make that type of music, they should make it a point to educate their fan base mm. or, or um, make it a point to just mention 
to show appreciation to the influences mm-hmm. that have come before. So that was, that was an interesting thing. We can chat about that. Um, we had a bit about the the link between hip hop and UK gram. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, because a lot of people, it's, it's been um like it's been mistaken that like gram is is like hip hop with the UK accent basically. Especially in America, that's a lot. A lot of people don't see that grime is a genre in itself. Doesn't have the same influences as hip hop at all. Um, the uh, yeah, 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 no, that's one hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of people see it as like if someone's rapping on a beat, then it's hip hop, which isn't the case. So um, discussing that, but there is some like I do. There must that there, there, there is some inspiration taken from hip hop. As in, like I feel yeah, like we, yeah, we mentioned that. Yeah. I feel like um, at this point. The two seem to be overlapping a lot more. Like there's elements of like, gr- maybe not exactly grime, but Black British music in general that are definitely being taken by US hip hop. Really, no. Just the the move towards like flowing on more Afrobeat style of, oh, okay, of tunes, okay, okay, yeah, no, more like yeah, and also like I mean. I would, US, US rappers have always been able to rap double time. Yeah. But like, I remember there was that one, there's that Rick Ross song that came out in 2016 or something, which is basically a Section Boys tune. Like, I don't know if you remember that song. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. a Section Boys tune. Oh, what's it called? I can't remember what that song's called. But it is a yeah, Section no, Boys no, tune. Like. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, it I, sounded like Trapping Ain't Dead. Yeah, it yeah, sounded yeah. exactly like Trapping Ain't Dead. What project did you drop in 2016? Did you drop one in 2016? Oh, I don't even know. Was it like a Lucy? No, 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 it was a project. It was not a project. Oh, wait, no, it was a Ferg project with the Rick Ross feature. Oh, it's, was it? It's an ASAP Ferg song. It's an ASAP Ferg song. Oh, on Always Driving Prospect? Yeah, yeah, it's an ASAP Ferg song. It's not her. I forgot what that song was called, but. But whole ASAP. That's a banger, bro. The whole of ASAP Mob has, like, always taken some. UK European influence, even if you're not just talking about like music, just in their fashion sense as well. Yeah, that's from the UK. Is uh, partly it's from New York, like, but definitely like these guys do take elements from the UK as well, hundred percent. I mean, they definitely. What 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 do you mean? I I see like that they always show love to the UK, especially it's like, like Rocky used to live in London. Like, he had a, a place in London. Yo, is Rihanna still living in London, by the way? Because the, the videos she posted the other day are not, that's not London. Yeah, she's somewhere somewhere. She might be on holiday, though. Yeah. I didn't see her at Carnival. I'm so upset about that. So upset. I don't think she went to Carnival. I might have she, to go she to the She might have to go to the Barbados one. Actually, yeah, she's always at that one. Would that be a bit mad if I went all the way to Barbados just a lot of chance of seeing see Rihanna? <laughs> Wouldn't it be that? No, you know I wouldn't say to go to Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna's. <laughs> oh, to the Sainsbury's and St. John's Wood. Like, to the Sainsbury's. She had a Sainsbury's bag in her, in her place. That's how people knew. Oh, I swear. Yeah. Wait, is, I did my research. <laughs> Wait, is that what people were saying? That's why she's in. That's how they. As in, that's, that's like what confirmed that she's in the UK because she had a Sainsbury's bag in the back of like one of her pictures or videos or something. You know, there's a lot of US artists that like just randomly come to the UK for a bit of time and just live here. Really? Yeah, like Frank Ocean was living here for some time. Really? Jay-Z was even living in London for some time. Oh, that was time ago. Yeah, time ago, was, time ago. That was like, like 03. Mm-hmm. Nah, that was even longer back than that, bro. That was, was when he still had the fade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Man had hair. But like... 
There's a lot of artists that just come out here for a yeah. bit. It's, it's wavy. I told you, between, between March and September, it's wavy. Yeah. I'm telling you, December is that one month of light in a period of darkness. I prefer December in Ghana. <laughs> I, might, I, might, yeah, I, might I don't know, December. I never spent December in a warm place, actually. I don't know how You know, I, I never used to like it because I was so used to having having Christmas in the cold place. And to be fair, Christmas Christmas in Ghana is just not the same as it was here. Just because, and then it feels it it's, it always feels, feels weird singing carols and stuff like, and it's hot. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, oh wait, I did Christmas in India last year. I was in a hot place. That was a weird Christmas, bro. <laughs> it's a strange Christmas, man. <laughs> it's just really weird, like. Because obviously it's not even a, a Christian country, so it's not like yeah, it's a big yeah, holiday. Yeah. We had to like search for ages to find somewhere that was doing like a Christmas um, brunch. Okay. Um, and then we went there, it was nice, like they had good food, uh, they had music and stuff. But then like afterwards we went to like a swimming pool and then <laughs> had like drinks and stuff in the heat, just blasting music, which is just so un just unnatural yeah, to me it's, it's or, uh, like yeah strange on that i think i got a, a snap on i think i took a post on my instagram from that time there's like me walking like across a pool oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta do one you know yeah. had the waves at that time anyway <laughs> what were we saying again oh yeah about about um the link between hip hop and uh, UK music. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with, with artists like Drake, Kanye, when he came over, uh, we talked about his, his um, when he came over to perform at the Brits and brought out like everything in the scene. Yeah. Um, so there was that. There was uh, Drake and his Section Boy show. Like, when he came out of the Section Boy show. Yeah. So we discussed like basically where thing bits where because obviously like I think even though Graham has not been. Inf- directly influenced by hip hop in the same way it has by like Gary or John or stuff like that. Like you can definitely see that there are some influences, especially where we're yeah, if you look as, at hip hop as the prominent black um, music form or even art form, if you want to call it that. Mm. But if you look at hip hop as the prominent black um, art form in America, then uh, as a parallel, Graham would be that in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I mean. The thing is, to be fair, right, like, if you grow up in London, you will listen to hip-hop. Yeah. So, if you're talking about, if you're talking about um, the people who are making music now, like, the younger generation at least, who, they would have grown up on both grime and hip-hop. Yeah. So, like, it's not, it's impossible that that you wouldn't have influenced their music at all. Of course, it would have influenced the music. It's, it's impossible to like divorce the two, like, separate the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I remember there was an there was an interview with Jay Huss like um, after he released his first album, and he was talking about like how a lot of those tunes on there were more inspired by like Fifty Cent style rap really? than um, like obviously he was still inspired by UK stuff as well, but he was saying like yeah, that like my favorite artist growing up were like Fifty Cent, etc. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the songs that I made on the album like, take a little bit from that, um, but I think his album yeah is one of the clearest ones where you could just see like a blend of different different just genres. different genres like 
we kind of that is kind of like what I would say is like someone who who has grown up in the UK, like. That it's is like the London sound. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's got dancehall, you got Afrobeats, you got like grind, you got like hip hop, a proper melting pot. Yeah, which is which yeah. is basically what we're what we're trying to celebrate with the magazine. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we discuss discuss that. Um, discuss. Uh, I did like a little, a little two page thing about the history of um, hip hop, hip hop's relationship with black the black power movement. I don't know if we want to like focus on that because it's like a lot of people don't know about it. So about what the Black Power movement or about the history, yeah, or about like, the interlinking of the yeah, two. Yeah, and it's like mm. it, it might it might lose people if we're just discussing something that no one knows about. Spoke about oh yeah, in the magazine we've got a bunch of interviews with um, uh, female artists and DJs and stuff that um, I met when I went to Strawberries and Cream uh, and asking them about. What they think about, um, I guess, operating in an industry that is like so male-dominated, mm. in the sense that um, all the A and R's are like men. Mm. You know, like not all of them, but like record label heads, that kind of stuff, are all like men. Um, so, what it's like being a woman in that industry? Um, so yeah, we can ask them, ask them about that. Yeah. Um, and then the the one, I think it'll be interesting to get into this one, maybe not too deeply, but about. Um, Graham's relationship with politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't know because I don't want to start chatting about politics too much because I personally I don't know that much about politics to be posting about <laughs> <laughs> on, on politics. But um, discussing Graham's relationship with politics. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's like definitely in some co- co- in some context like it's a political genre. Just just not in terms of what people are saying. But in terms of the origins of the genre itself, I think also in terms of what people are saying. In ter- but I'm saying not everyone is saying like political things, right? But that's the thing. Like, do you call like somebody voicing their unrest like about anything is a form of political activism? Yeah, yeah. I was talking. So they might not be talking about a policy or anything like that. But if they're talking, no. About- if you're talking about like if you if you're telling stories about how you grew up or like. What you see in your life, etc., etc. That's political. Not everyone's doing that. In yeah. it, like, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know. There's definitely a lot, a lot of political content in grime. Mm. But if you just like the genre, like the genre was born partly out of unrest. Like, yeah, so, was, yeah. so out of people who were wanting to rebel yeah. against like the, sy- the system that they felt was like Impressive. not, yeah, yeah, not not working for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, you you can't like separate it from politics. I don't think yeah. like it will always be political. And definitely, like even just the essence of Graham, in the sense of like the aggression behind um, behind Graham and stuff, that's all born out of people. It's a bit like when when they talk about the um, the, the like drill debate, whether drill should be banned or whatever, or should mm-hmm. be censored, mm-hmm. and they always say like these are people talking about like their lived experience. So it's like um, you can't. You can't sense the life. Yeah, exactly. You can't silence them. This is their out- outlet talking about their lived experience. So yeah. if you if you were to make their lived experience better, then they wouldn't make music as violent. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it's a, it's a bit similar. Like Grang is people discussing, like talking about where where they. So the, the what is said in Grang is all born out of like where the people grew up and that kind of stuff. So it's like. Um, 
that in itself is political. Even yeah. if what they're talking about is yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. No, that is true. But yeah, I think that that would be an interesting um, thing to us. I'm trying to think of like how to actually phrase these questions because I can't do like a ten minute ramble and be like, okay, so what you meant to say. Yeah, but I guess I guess uh, this week I can, you know, I can think, think of how to phrase the question. Yeah, we'll come up with some precise, yeah. some precise gems. Yeah, and then obviously, like like what we we're talking about, the whole um, use of the term urban to sort of mm. as an umbrella term, um, we can ask them about that because I I asked um, a bunch of people that when I went to strawberries and cream, like Miss Banks, and people like that, like just talking about. Um, what they think about the fact that it's black music, but it's not owned by black people. If that means. I don't know if you can how you how you can even say like ownership of a culture or ownership of a genre, but in in, in, talking, in regards to urban or in regards well, to well, even if you want to call it urban music, black music, whatever you want to call it, like when I say it's not owned by us, I mean the people that make the most money off of the music that we we make is. Like all the record labels are owned by white people, you know that that kind of stuff. So that I think that would be an interesting thing to discuss because it's like they they taken ownership. Well, if you want to call it like financial ownership, but they've taken ownership in that sense. I mean, yeah, they have. The, it's the same as in, uh, with hip hop as well in America. The thing is, yeah. Cause there was that thing that Wiley put out about these should be the, the yeah, UK yeah, record labels yeah. as well, right? He put that thing out. But my thing was always did we we discuss that, no? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. My thing was always like it's so difficult because ideally you would want that, like you would tell people that's what we should be trying to get to. But you're you you're also like telling people to take a pay cut. I think it's, it's less, like, Wiley's thing is a bit of an extreme because it's basically telling people to be independent or to to start their own record labels and stuff. Whereas, it, I think it's more that there should be, it should be the case that um, there's more of a space for black ownership in UK music. If we're, if we're talking just UK, like, in, I'm talking in general, like, if you include hip-hop as well, like, there should be more space for black ownership, so the biggest labels shouldn't be, or all the labels that everybody's signed to shouldn't be white or um, when it's our music. I mean, but there's, there's only two, I don't know, in my head there's only two ways to do it, right? Either you, like, convince the boards of these record labels to hire, like, more diverse. Yeah, more, more, more black people as as like in in leadership positions um which if they were going to do that then those people would need to have like a proven track record yeah, otherwise yeah. just they're just not going to do it yeah. and like i mean i'm sure there are people with that track record but like it's going to be harder to get them all into those positions and even if they are in those positions it's still like a white owned business yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the music industry is not going to suddenly become um black owned overnight yeah. the other way would be for people to start their own labels which is independence right mm. and then take all the artists that are making music and like take them towards those labels eventually those will then grow to be but, yeah, right. but it, it will take some time do you know what I mean so you would have to take a pay cut mm. yeah. which you could have convinced some people to do I just don't think you could convince I mean, yeah, all people yeah, to do yeah. and like I don't know man I, I can't blame people for saying 
you know, to a pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't blame I can't blame them. That's that's their no, but that's, I think that's the thing as well. I think it's it's I think what I meant was with Wiley's thing, it's like you're putting the um the onus on the artists or the black people in the thing. Mm. Whereas it, sh- it shouldn't be looked at as and which is a similar thing because it's like you're saying to them like, Oh, you should take a pay cut to do this mm. and that's not what it should be. So you're saying that people should there should be more people in high positions in the music yeah, industry in who are like yeah and, and just just getting people, like, getting people's opinions on it. Um, I think Ola Ola will have a good um, like something good to say about it because he I'm trying to remember what his comedy set was. It was um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was like I think he was talking about like he went to America or something. And there was it was an event. It was a similar thing. There was like a panel discussing hip hop and yeah. like, there were no black people on the panel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. And then he was talking about that, something like that. And I, 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 that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like. and it was it was funny. And then obviously, like, like hip hop is like I said, it's a black art form, but it's, it's like it's it's inclusive. So like, white people make hip hop music. White people like work in hip hop. That many stuff. Yeah. But like, like you said, it doesn't make sense for the, the, a panel to have no black people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? so, but the thing is, something like that can happen, and it's a similar thing about how remember when Ed Sheeran got voted um, the most influential uh, black music artist or urban music guy, <laughs> not black, but brother, it happened. It was in um, I think this is the start of Wiley and his beef, you know. Honestly, because I think he got uh, it was when the Mobos were making their thing. He won like best male like at the Mobos, so music of black origin. Mm-hmm. He won like best male artist of the year, or something like that. He was up against like Skepta, Stormzy, or I can't remember who he was up against, but he won it. Um, and he won something else. Whereas it's like the most influential thing. And then this is what Wiley would say is that how can a man who t- was influenced by us be heralded as our influence? When? Mm. And it's like things like that can only occur when you do things like refer to the genre as urban and almost like erase the fact, the black part of it um, and try and make it like, oh, it's cool and trendy. Then that's when you, the credit doesn't go where the credit's due, because people forget that you know why why he was doing it since '03. So say say you switch it to black music though, like say you don't call it urban, and you call it black music. Ed Sheeran can make black music, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean so. Then can he win an award for it? That's the thing as well. Like I think he can win an award for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with him winning an award for it, but. There's certain awards that it just shouldn't go to, like the best art. You can win a MOBO though. Like you can win a MOBO. I think most influential artist is a bit. That's a bit mad. You know what I mean? What is that? Then I'm like, you can't be the most. You just you physically can't be the most influential. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, but it's an interesting one. I, I think it would be cool if we get get all their opinion on it. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. There was oh yeah, I include that thing with all the like the best art. Best MCs from each area. Mm. Um, so can chat about that. Um, oh yeah, and this is all. I saw an interesting tweet the other day. Um, what was it? Oh yeah, so the tweet says, "I really wish the discourse around the cement ceiling for black artists in British arts and media, or London, if we're being specific, would advance beyond black people in the UK, London. Don't want to see you succeed, and everyone in the US loves us. Um, and I think, yeah, like." The reason I thought that was interesting was because so we mentioned about um, basically the state of the UK music scene right now and talking about how artists like LMA 
had to leave the UK and go to America for a bit, tried to blow and she got Grammys or whatever. Um, and basically just the fact that there's a lot of artists that are showing more love in um, the States. In the States or just outside of the UK. Like they, mm. they And I mean, Whisper spoke about it when we had him on. It's like in the UK, he sees it that like, if artists, if you don't fit into like a certain box, like, oh, you're a gram or you're this or you're that, then it's like they don't really know where to put you, how to market you kind of thing. So you, you kind of just get brushed aside, mm. which I think is, it'll be interesting to get people's opinion to see what they think, because um, I do think it's definitely like the case that there's a lot of artists that get a lot more love in the, like if, if we talk just mainly the US, because that's, that's really the, the big market for our music outside of the UK. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of artists that get a lot more love there than um, up here. And like, what do they think that's because of like, like, like who though? Because LMA gets a lot of love over here. Are we talking about getting love or are we talking about breaking out? Because I mean, now that she's successful, people she gets love here now. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a, a mixture of both. Um, there's no, there's not really any big UK artists. I can't think of any that have like a bigger fan base over there than they do, or don't have a fan base here, and only have a fan base there. I can't think of any, but it's more, it's like, why is it, so, it's a bit like, um, oh, what's that guy? Because we're not just talking just music, um, what's it, Damson Idris, he's a, yeah, he's I an saw actor, that, I saw that, and he yeah. was saying that, like, over here, he was told that, like, recently he was told that he, I can't remember what he was told, but basically, I've seen that, nah. The, the acting scene is, is different, though, because, like, the act, like, the British acting scene is so white, like, all of the, all of the shows that come out <laughs> are like revol- revolving around white, yeah. like white people, white men. Yeah, like we do so many like period dramas from yeah. like the 1900s and stuff. Look, I saw they're doing one, I think it's called Queen Caroline or Princess Caroline or something like that. And it's um, Helen Mirren. And I'm like, I've seen this poster so many times because she did it for Queen Victoria, I swear. She did it for Queen Elizabeth. She's done it for Anne Boone. She she's been like every monarch or like yeah yeah yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. it's like they just put a different crown on their head and she's smart, bro. Like so many period dramas, so many like countryside like mysteries and Ooh, stuff like that. that. Stuff. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but the thing is, it does that like seems like there's no space for like black black British actors. Yeah. Like black British actors definitely seem to have to go to the US yeah. in order to become successful because exactly. they just get typecast here. Yeah. As like there's only certain roles that they can play. There's parallels with, with the music as well. I know there's definitely parallels. I, I just think that it, it's not as like you could definitely become successful as a like black British music artist. Yeah. And you probably have less chance of doing that if you're like a black British actor. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not that many black British actors, like the really successful ones, who, who. Um, I can't really think of any other than people uh, that have been in top and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the. What is? I cannot say the the, the guy's name. The one who's in Twelve Years a Slave. He did do a lot. Oh, of, yeah, he did yeah, do a lot yeah, of um, yeah, yeah. like yeah, British yeah, movies yeah. as well. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor. That's that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He did a lot of British movies. I was about to say Chuka Omino. The politician. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He but he, he did do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But he's like one of the only ones that I've seen that went that route. Most yeah. of them, and even him, like when he became big, is when he went to the US, right? Interest was big here, right? Because he was in Dufa before he went. No, to no, no. Interest no. first thing he did was the wire. Was that the first thing he it did? It was the first thing he did before Luther. Bro, when I tell you, yeah, Luther only came out like 2011. Why he came out really? like 2003? There's an interview where he's like he moved to the states and was living in like a caravan so for like a number of months, just going to auditions. Because yeah, he couldn't get like work in the UK. Yeah, no, I think it would be definitely interesting to get people views. But yeah, also I think that they, they do like typecast UK artists as well. It's a bit like what what um, Stormzy said in that um, Sounds of the Skin that you man love, you man just love them too much, you man love the Americans too much. Like, was it, that boy wasn't related to that though. But it is, he's got a point that like people love off the American kind of thing. I think maybe maybe that it's more. Yeah, you're right. That that bar's not directly related to that bar. It's also. Like, but I didn't understand that bar either though. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I I I was like. I'm more in line with with Giggs's response where Giggs was Giggs was like I grew up listening. Yeah, he said I grew up listening to American. No, someone was like at Giggs. So someone Stormzy said it, and then someone was like at Giggs needs to, to hear this or something like that. Anyway, and then Giggs res- Giggs responded like, um, I mean, I grew up listening to US artists. Yeah. It's not why do you, like I don't understand why I wouldn't like wanna, yeah. So and that's kind of me as well. Like I don't see it as a problem. Um, I don't know. I, I would just see like it's it's maybe if you don't have respect for Black British culture yeah, as well. If you don't, if you don't show any appreciation for the music we have here, then but also it's not really a problem because like, like the music you want to like, you know, like listen to what you want to listen to. I think it's more that like um, I don't know. I like is when I was when I interviewed, I think it was Big Tobes at, at um, Strawberries and Cream, hmm. and he was saying like some of these American artists just don't rate man. Like they'll he'll do a tune with them. Um, he'll tell them that oh, it's coming out here, blah blah blah. They'll do no promo for it, nothing. It's like, bro, why did you agree to do the tune and you're not even gonna? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a different thing. Yeah, then you're loving off the Americans yeah, too much. But then you let them just it, sun you. Bro. It happens all the time, though. It happens all the time, and I think it's an interesting, it's an important thing to to do. Like, it'll be interesting to discuss it. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 it will be. Yeah. And then, also talking about um, UK R and B because. Um, there's so many like UK R and B singers that um, are coming through. Like, so we included on this. We had uh, is it Nao or Now? Whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it. I always forget. I'm say, I'm I think it's Nao. Nao, Cleo Soul, Sinead Hornet, Tiana Major Nine, Hamza, uh, Amalu, Etta Bond, Joy Crooks, Sam Henshaw. Like, there's there's so many people that like. Um, I don't know if you can call it like an underground UK R&B scene because they're not really underground, but yeah. they're not like Sorry, superstars right now. Bro, you know, um, randomly, they really uh, like playing Joy Crooks in India. Really? Yeah. Is it because she's from Bangladesh? I mean, I thought about that as well, but the, the, them countries, like, two countries are not exactly like <laughs> they're not boys. boys so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe, yeah, but no, no, I'll be down to discuss some UK R&B, yeah, that's for sure. And I guess maybe even talk about like, so, because you've got right, LMA and Georgia Smith are probably the two biggest um, UK R&B singers that I can think of right now. Mm. 
as of right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we mentioned Element and George Smith, but they're the ones because they've broken like the US market. Um, and is it one where these artists would need to break the US market to then be big like they are? So like, does Neo need a, a Drake feature or something to now to not get? I mean, do you do you think that the UK just doesn't have for fondness for R and B? But the thing is, we we love off LMA and George Smith now, now that they blew in America and come back here. Oh, but so to I, the, to I the, to the same extent, that. or I see that I'm just confused because like wherever I've gone, or where like whoever I hang around with are R and B fans. Yeah. So maybe, but maybe that's just like my circle because I also like R and B. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, I'm not yeah. like my finger's not on the pulse with this one, and that. But I don't know because we love off like. Again, I'm talking. Obviously, I can't talk outside of like the circle that I know and stuff. But like, I just see people love off like Summer Walker, love off uh, Bryson, Party, Tory Lanez, and all of them. And when yeah, but those are exactly the same people that I'm talking that like Georgia Smith and LMA though. Yeah. So like, maybe those are just people that like R and B. And maybe that's not as big because if you look at I don't know UK genres they're all a bit like faster than R and B. That is true. That is true. Maybe yeah, that might be it. That but uh, I mean I'd be interested to discuss as well because like that might be it that there's not really a market for it over here. There's definitely a bigger market in the US. But in in general, like for any genre, there's a bigger market here. It's just because it's like ten times bigger than. Us. That's true. No, that's true. That's true. And there's more money there as well. That's true. Yeah, that is true. But it's like, but the US they love off R and B is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's true. So they're the, they're talking about their horoscopes, lighting their incense, getting <laughs> <laughs> their chakras alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the the rest of the thing is, um, we did what does grime mean to you? So we got like a few people to say what it means to them. Um, and uh, we did a two-page feature on Is Graham Dead? Which it was discussing a lot of the things that you, you said at the start about how um, uh, a lot of the music that's made isn't like strictly Graham now, nowadays. So, yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like I would probably say it all comes under Graham culture. Yeah. Which means yeah. to me that Graham can't die. But yeah, like, that's that's one of the points that we argue. But then I don't know, because like, there was a period when Grime kind of did that between like, um, so like... That's actually true. Yeah. That's actually true. And but Graham, there were people still doing Grime. There were people doing Grime. Then, like, we, we forget that, like, people were still doing yeah. it. Everyone else defected, bro. Flipping, a lot of people defected. Yeah. But, is it still Grime music at the end of the day? Like, is... Is are we just uh, is Black British music synonymous with grime music then? No, that's so. Yeah, so what falls under like, gri- if you're talking about grime culture, what falls under grime culture from like, Black British music? Right, we'll that <laughs> 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 I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> So not all black British music is grime, like is yeah, it's grime music. Yeah. Are you talking about grime culture? Yeah. What like what black British music is not grime culture? 
that's the thing. I I would I would put. I'm speaking from like particularly like a London perspective. I would say grand culture and like British culture are synonymous to an extent, because I'm not saying that every every black Brit listens to grand. So 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 if like, but I would say that it, it has influenced. It's it's influenced like grand music's influence on like black British music in, is so like far reaching. So if you can't talk about black British culture, if you if you talk about culture, you talk about like, music, arts, that stuff like that. Like if you're talking about that part of culture, you can't like separate that from grime because grime was so influential in like the modern black British music scene. But that's what I'm saying then. So if like Wiley makes Heat Wave, yeah, yeah, is that grime culture still? No. <laughs> <laughs> so is that pop then? That's pop. Yeah, that's pop. That's not grime pop. Heat Wave. That's a banger, you know. Yes, <laughs> Bang, bang is a <laughs> I rate that song. It's alright. <laughs> a tiny tempo pass out. Is that gram culture? I would say yeah for that one. I would say yes as well, but I would say just, yes for that one. Trying to get, a- and I don't know why that's different to uh, Wiley Heat Wave because pass out to me is, is still a, basically a pop song. It is a pop song, yeah. but it just um, more heavily. Yeah, I don't know. More heavily. Um, Influenced by like the culture, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I think it might also be because it was such a big moment for for, for the, black black British, black British music. Yeah, because like, he. I like, know what's been to Scott talk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sang that bar with pride, <laughs> <laughs> apart from them ten men living in Scott talk, bro. <laughs> Have you said it was <laughs> I don't even know. Gotta get us cancelled out. Nah, it's all good, Scott. I love you. Yeah, no, that was a big moment for Black I think, I think it's, it's part of that as well because I don't know how to explain it. It's a weird one. It's like. It's, weird. it's, it's also like. I don't know if I. With some of these things, it's kind of hard to articulate what I think about it. It's like I kind of need to sit down and probably think about it to come back with like. <laughs> I was meant to meet someone, but like they want to be mad late. It's a Sunday, bro. You want to be mad late? Did you say? Mm. How late is mad late? Like seven ish. Bro, it's working life is a, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Sorry. Yo, <laughs> wait. Alright. Seeing as we don't have that much time. Bro, but I just need to say that Joker is not that good of a movie. Like, <laughs> you I guys, like I like you no, guys. I didn't, saw I didn't these dreams the I didn't for three weeks. People have been gassing that <laughs> movie. Bro, I saw someone say it's the best film they've ever seen. I was like, Fine. that guy's only you seen have, one yeah, film. You, films, you, know, you just don't watch good films because um, I thought it was a little bit anticlimactic. It's just flat. That, my, my, that was my thing, it's like, it's fairly flat. It doesn't lift mm-hmm. at any point. Like, is that the point? Maybe that's the point, isn't it? But that's not what I wanted to see. Yeah. Is that the point that it doesn't lift until the end? Because that's when he becomes the Joker. But even at the end, it doesn't really lift. Like, even when he... Sh- it does lift, but he's dancing on top of the thing. 
That's the livest moment in the thing. Yeah, they played um, My Way. My Way? Frank Sinatra. Not the... Not the Fade You Up. Frank Sinatra, <laughs> yeah, Frank Sinatra and My Way. That's what, that's what they played. Isn't that, that what they played at the end? Oh, at the end when, when he's he running dancing. around the hoop. No, when, he, at when the he's dancing, end, when he's dancing on, on top of the car. Is that how they wrapped up the film? I can't remember. I oh, I thought you were talking about the thing when he's dancing on the stairs. That's the best part of the movie yeah, to me, when he's dancing on the stairs. But everything else is like, it's just flat. I remember because, you know what, I was going to watch it yesterday. And like, Karim called me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what are you on? I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch Joker, but we can, we can link up afterwards. Yeah. Free. And then like, he goes, um, that's a shit movie, bro. <laughs> He goes, bro, it's so boring. I don't think it's that boring. I thought it was good. Like, I think it wasn't. It wasn't what I expected because obviously when you see Joker, you expect like a superhero. Man. So I was expecting a bit more action, like similar to Dark Knight or Avengers. Or you'd expect to see something like that. But I think it was more like a character study of the Joker. Yeah, definitely. Like, pre him becoming the Joker. Definitely, and, definitely. And I guess it was. I think it was more meant to be like an intellectual kind of thing rather than. But I still found it entertaining. I wasn't bored. But I do also think it was anticlimactic because. Like. I don't know. I spent the whole time waiting for him to become the Joker. It was. It was like a gradual thing. It was too gradual, bro. I don't care about the, the dude behind the Joker. Like, <laughs> if you want to make a movie like that, I, I don't understand why. Firstly, a movie like that already exists. Which oh, is called Taxi Driver, uh, yeah, which is a very similar movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just without, there's definitely not another Joker, Joker <laughs> movie like this. But we would know about it. <laughs> ah, yeah, and Heath Ledger is the better Joker still. Yeah, yeah, I, I Heath agree. Ledger is the better. Joker. But this Joker is sick. He's way better than fucking Jared, Jared Leto. That why was he like wearing grills? <laughs> That's what confused me. Though. I was thinking, who is this Joker? Like, why is he so like? And he was only in the in Su- Suicide Squad. Was terrible. He was only in Suicide Squad for like five minutes. That's bro. And he was also in um. He was in one of the Batman's like Batman versus Superman or that. Like he's in that for like two minutes or something. Really? I think so. I think he gets arrested or something. And like, I mean, all those films are terrible. Yeah, all, all those films are crap, man. You know they're making a new Batman with um Robert Pattinson or what's his oh, name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Vampire guy. Yeah. Is it is it the same people that directed Batman versus Superman? Or that? No, 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 no. It's if, different. If it's the same people, it's going to be different. <laughs> no, it's different. <laughs> but yeah, no, I went to see that yesterday. It wasn't that good. I thought it was alright, man. I thought it was alright, but yeah, no, people have guessed it. Maybe it's because there haven't been that many good films. Yeah, actually, what have I seen this year that I particularly? Enjoyed. I don't even know. I saw it, like it chapter two, but basically, so I saw it chapter one and then chapter two the next day, mm. and I liked it chapter one, but obviously that came out yeah. like, a couple years ago. It chapter two is dead. Not dead, but it was not as good. Uh, bro, I'm not a big fan of horror movies, you know. Neither am I. Um, the only reason I because Vienna works at Cineworld, so she gets free. Um, Who Fiona? Vienna. Vienna. Vienna works at uh, Cineworld, so she gets free free movies and stuff. But basically, after they close up at midnight on a, on a weekday or whatever, then they 
like screen films and Wait, stuff. Wait, past midnight, they're just yeah, people so just, just in the cinema, just chilling with the popcorn, no, they, watching they, films. So no, midnight is when they close, and then after midnight, then they screen. That's film, sick, bro. You can watch late night films if you work in the cinema. Yeah. So they screen it for the, and then and they get to bring a part job, and they get to bring a thing, a guest. So I just roll the phone, and they're like, yeah, Kid Chapter Two is coming out, so they're showing it Chapter One before um so i was like oh, i'm sure i'll come it wasn't too bad like, i wasn't i wasn't there like terrified or anything like trembling in the seat or anything like it's a scary film but it's not like terrified and there's funny bits as well like so it's not too bad yeah i always used to hate like when girls would want to go cinema to <laughs> <you're> <laughs> i'm thinking this is not gonna work out well for me like, <laughs> any other thing would be better <laughs> Man's then jumping out of my seat. <laughs> oh, oh, you see that? But did I not scare you? <laughs> oh, man. Come through, guys. Yeah, everyone come through. Listen, um, tickets available online. Uh, Eventbrite is free. So, you know, you can come for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's um, on Saturday. Half six uh, at Metric, which is uh, at Imperial on uh, Imperial's campus. Um, and yeah, come through, man. It's gonna be a bag. We'll include the link to the tickets. Um, we've got you know really exciting panel. Uh, we've got some dope performers performing afterwards. And yeah, anything else you want to add, bro? Nah, man. I, I think you covered it. I think like just come. <laughs> <laughs> Just come, come, just come through, through. come through, guys. Um, yeah, and so what should we end with? Oh, I know we're gonna end with FBG because I flipping love this song. Um, thanks for listening. You've been listening to 2G's in a pod. Uh, catch us on uh, all the socials on Instagram at 2G's in a pod, uh, Twitter at 2G's in a pod underscore, uh, what else? SoundCloud 2G's in a pod podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on. Uh, Apple Podcasts um, gonna be on YouTube soon. Been saying that for a while, but it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And we're gonna leave you with FBG by Suspect. <laughs> Now I'm feeling myself. 